I'm broadcasting from the home office here on the Gilbert back porch. And a couple things that just immediately stand out to me. One, obviously the days are getting a bit longer. Um, my outside table here is covered in pollen, so clearly spring is about to be in, in full bloom. And the cacophony of, of bird noise is, is descending upon us, so I hope it's not too terribly distracting. But um, this fit makes us feel like we're right in the middle of uh, God's nature and peace. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. We are in Exodus chapter sixteen, and this is um, one of those pivotal moments um, or, or events that is that is continually pointed back to. Um, by God's people throughout the Old Testament and, of course, the New Testament. And this is when God reveals to the people of Israel that he is going to feed them with manna, bread from heaven, every morning. So let's read. Um, we're going to go, we're going to hit the first nine verses of Exodus 16 this morning. Pray and unpack this together. So let's do it. Exodus 16. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, at evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord." Father, we ask now that you would um, expand our limited um, vision that we often have about the nature of our problems and our own sin, and that you would apportion them rightly um, in relationship to you and one another. Lord, we're asking that you would do this now. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So they have come out of this seminal moment in the life of the of the birth of this nation Israel they've crossed the Red Sea and they are facing this journey this trek across the wilderness and I don't know if it's dawning on everyone but 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 they clearly don't have enough to drink and enough to eat and so it says that as they set out on this journey and, it, and it's very appropriate interesting I think that they're on their way to Sinai remember they're on their way to Sinai to worship the Lord. Um, this is the Lord, okay, Yahweh, who's revealed himself, who's called them out of Egypt, has sent them a deliverer, has done all these miraculous things to the plagues. He's opened the Red Sea. They are heading to worship him 
Um, um, they're, they're, I can almost envision them being able to see Mount Sinai in the distance, maybe. I don't know if that's the case or not, but you get the idea. There, there's anticipation, but yet um, we see that grumbling um, breaks out in the ranks of the Israelites, and, and they are hungry, and apparently there is no ready-made food to eat, no microwavable dishes, um, nothing to sort of to pop in the oven. Um, they left Egypt in haste, and now they are wondering what to do. And it's interesting the way that the Israelites frame their distress or frame their struggle. And it's all the more striking when you think about where they were and what they were doing in Egypt. So, so here was their complaint. Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So here you had a people that were enslaved. Here you had a people that were brutally beaten down at every turn at the hand of Pharaoh and his minions, um, who prospect for any kind of flourishing was grim indeed. But now they have been brought out. They plundered the Egyptians but yet their heart immediately uh, returns to Egypt, right? And, and the way they, they frame this, meat pots and ate bread to the full, like they were feasting every day and, and living these lives of affluence and, and comfort. And this is just, a, I think, a good illustration, a picture of what sin does to the human heart, right? Sin turns us inward. Sin... Um, makes us makes us self reflexively self absorbed. It 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 bends our hearts inward. It it tends to magnify our distress and minimize um, the distress of others or the circumstances that have brought us to this place or even our own contribution to those circumstances. It casts an aspersion upon those around us. But most fundamentally, um, it reveals the nature of our hearts to the Lord. Now, the Israelites at this point maybe haven't put this together, but the huge point of this, of this episode, right, one of the huge points, is for Moses to communicate to them that their grumbling, that their inward implosion, that they're, um, that they're rebelling against the hand of and the leadership of Moses and Aaron, the people think that this is a complaint against them. This, the, the people think that their biggest problem um, is a horizontal one with the leadership that's leading them. But in reality, God is wanting to remind them that it's not a, it's not a horizontal problem, it is a vertical problem. That, that these are the men that God chose to lead them. These are, this is the way that God has chosen to deliver them. Um, you know, you've heard the expression, bite the hand that, don't bite the hand that feeds you. I mean, here the Israelites were languishing and crying out for help and then protesting the very means by which God had decided to help them instead of their continuing trust. Now, this phrase, you are gr your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord, that's obviously a huge uh, pivot point, okay? And, it's, and it's, it's something we really want to go to school on. And we, we hear this echoed again and again in Scripture. For example, flip over in your Bibles 
unless you're driving, of course, to, to Psalm 50, 51. And this is probably a pretty familiar psalm to you. It's the psalm that David wrote after he had um, fallen into heinous sin with Bathsheba, murdered her husband, attempted to cover it up. God had exposed it, um, and, and David is in the process of repentance and um, asking for forgiveness and cleansing. And we think about all of the, of the sins horizontally that David had committed against people in his life, whether it's his existing wife or wives or um, his, his, one of his loyal men, Uriah. Um, we think about the, the trust that he had been given to by God to, to rule the nation of Israel faithfully. We think about the people he betrayed, the army he betrayed by not being out fighting. But listen to the way that David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, I might add, um, frames his sin. He says, "For I, verse 3 of Psalm 51, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Now hear this, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Now, how in the world could David say that, um, understanding what it is that he has done and the lives he has destroyed in the process of his own sin? Well, I think what's happening at that moment is what happens in all true repentance to, a, to, 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 to some degree, is that we are not only, um, when, we, when we come face to face with our sin, not only are we mourning our sin and mourning what it's done to others, that is absolutely a part of repentance. Um, but we are also mourning fundamentally what it's done to our relationship with God. That, that ultimately all sin, um, although it's, it's, it has a horizontal manifestation, right, or outlet, ultimately all sin is a breakdown in the relationship our relationship, our vertical relationship with God. And we could illustrate this a hundred different ways, okay? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like Adam blaming his wife for giving him the fruit, okay? So Eve, you are to blame, okay? Um, but what Adam um, fails um, to account for is that God had given him leadership and charge over the garden, um, it's his responsibility what happens in the garden, um, and he listened to the voice of a human versus the voice of God. It doesn't mean that Eve does not have his her culpability. It doesn't mean that Adam does not have his culpability to Eve. It just means that the fundamental breakdown that happens, and this is always the case with sin, happens horizontally, right? And so if we if we lie, if we steal, if we, um, if, you know, think of all the other idols, okay? If we lust, if we take pride in life, if we, all of these things, when you trace them back to their root, are fundamental breakdowns in our relationship with God. We're not trusting God to provide. We're not trusting God to protect. We're not trusting God um, to, to, to give us what we need at that moment. We're taking matters into our own hands. And so, David rightly understands he wasn't trusting God's provision um, for his own married life, um, his own intimacy. Um, that's why he sought this outside of the bounds God had given him. 
Um, he's not trusting God for his physical safety. That's why he's staying home instead of fighting with his men. Um, he's not trusting in God's, um, you know, sanctifying work by confessing his sin immediately. Do you see what I'm saying? And so for all of us, when we think about what is troubling us or perplexing us horizontally today, problems in relationships, problems, our own personal struggles, there's just remember, there's always going to be a propensity to locate those problems elsewhere, right? Um, for the people of Israel, it was in the leaders. But, but and for us, it's, it's going to be those things in our own life that we, whether it's the boss or whether it's our spouse or whether it's our kids or the circumstance. And all those, that doesn't mean that those all aren't important factors. It's just that they're not the most important factor. The most important factor in our confession and repentance is always doing our business first with God. And it's very interesting when we do that, when we locate the issues in ourself and in our own heart, um, it doesn't make all the other issues go away, but it gives them their proper proportion. It, it helps us to understand, for example, in our marriages, when we come to God and say, uh, against you and you alone have I sinned in my marriage in this way, and I have, um, and I, I need to take stock of that and take measure of that. And it's only as we do that and own everything that's in that for us, are we able to properly apportion all the dynamics and whose responsibility is what and those sorts of things. So, so again, what we're what we're learning from this is that when they're grumbling against Moses and Aaron, they're really grumbling against God because this was God's way of delivering them. This was God's leadership for them. And they were failing at this point. The, the issue was not Moses and Aaron. The issue was um, them and their own hearts and the way they were not relying in trust and faith on, on the Lord. All right, so that is Exodus 16, 1 through 9. Um, this chapter is going to be full of spiritual lessons um, as we as we unpack it together. So tomorrow, same time, same station, let me pray. Lord, go before us today. And as hard as it is and um, to, to locate our, our problems fundamentally first with ourselves between you, Lord, give us the grace to do that. We know that's not for our um, to hurt us, Lord. That's to sanctify us, to make us more like you. Um, to fix our hearts and minds and eyes upon you and you alone. So, Lord, would you do that for us today? Would you go before us? Um, would we be like David? Or would we not be like the people of Israel in this case? Lord, would we, would we see everything in relationship to you? And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.